This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hi, I'm Alicia Rye. And I'm Sarah Wendell. Welcome to Love Struck Daily, where we bring you a true love happily ever after each day, direct to your earbuds. Today, we are talking about royal love, a royal who gave up their claim to the throne because they fell in love with a commoner. But we're not talking about who you might think we're talking about. Alicia, do you have a favorite royal romance in life or in books or movies? In in terms of real life, I think my favorite prince and princess story is the Swedish royals. And Prince Prince Carl Philip in particular. First of all, the Swedish royals are gorgeous. Like just made in a factory somewhere. They're like perfectly symmetrical in every way. Um and Prince Carl Philip had a bit of controversy because he married a model and there was all this about like her background and what, what she'd done. And, and he didn't even care. He came out and he said, Oh, you know, you people like the press talking about her past, that's the same way that, you know, I was treated when it came out that I had dyslexia as a child and this isn't right. And very much defended her. Now they have three kids and they're very happy. And in addition to the three kids and their happiness, he also has um, a cutlery line. You look very confused, but he does. 
I am so here for all of this. Like you can't see me because obviously you're listening to this, but I have my chin in my this hands. This is a very and I am just This is a very Tell me about the cutlery. I don't very know about bridge this. version. But I, I believe he's some kind of designer and for like the Swedish like royal whatever you can like buy it on their website he designed like a set of cutlery and it was like hundreds of dollars and it's wow. so ugly like he made like a <laughs> he made like a 200 dollars silver spork but yeah other than the cutlery prince carl philip i think is my favorite him and princess sophia i think are my favorite royal couple that are and I also think it helps them that they're not as in the press as the British royals. So probably they can live a more normal yeah. life than, you know, poor poor Harry and Meghan over there in L.A. Fantasies aside and forks aside, today we are going to be talking about a real life princess who fell in love, Princess Mako of Japan, who gave up her royal status because she fell in love with a commoner. Now, when we were looking at this story, the coverage that we found in a lot of Western media was very positive and romantic and isn't this beautiful. But to help us discuss the varying ways in which this narrative has been interpreted internationally, we welcome Katrina Rika. Katrina is a Japanese influencer who is something of a cultural expert on all things Japanese royalty. Now, I want to make sure I have this right. To say welcome, it would be yos- Yokoso. Is that correct? Yep, it's Yokoso. It would be Yokoso. Arigato gozaimasu. <laughs> no, arigato gozaimasu. I am so excited to have you come and talk to us today. To recap, we have Princess Mako, who is the niece of the current emperor. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, she's the current Japanese emperor's niece. And she fell in love with Keiko Muro, a commoner. Cue the dramatic horn music. <laughs> they first met at Tokyo International Christian University. Apparently, they met at, during a meeting for a study abroad program, which I think is very funny. And she says she was really attracted to his smile. And while the Western media has been very sort of sparkly, golden, happy times about this story that she fell in love with a commoner and it's so romantic, uh, the Japanese press was very critical of of their relationship. And there was specific criticism of the fiancé of Kamuro. Am I saying that incorrectly? Is it Kamuro or Kamuro? Komuro. Komuro. Thank you. So he had to present the palace with a document explaining an unpaid debt to her, his, for his mother's former fiancé. And the press has covered him rather negatively, looking at him as what I think in, in English we would call a gold digger. Or someone who's really there for the money. Now, it's 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 a very complicated story because the, the palace has also said that Mako has post-traumatic stress from dealing with all of the criticism in the press, which I have to say, my heart goes out to her. It's very hard to have a relationship and be a person with that much public scrutiny and that many people telling you what they think of your relationship. And ultimately, she... Uh, made the decision to leave the royal family and also forfeited a $1.3 million payout from the Japanese government, which is traditional when women lose their royal status and they marry and they now live in New York City. So they're like almost my neighbors by a few states, which is awesome. I can go visit them and be like, seriously, what's up? But the the Western media portrayal of this has been, oh, it's so romantic. She fell in love with a commoner. She gave up her royal status. She has moved to the United States. She's become a commoner. And the Sort of the the tint of everything is very romantic and emotional and, oh, isn't this a beautiful story? 
And my understanding is that is not entirely the case from the Japanese media. Do I have that right? Right. So I think I want to preface this by saying in- initially um, people were really overjoyed at their, uh, I think it was an engagement announcement. You know, he was even called uh, Prince of the right. Sea, I think, in media. People were very excited. They said he was handsome. They were just, everyone was really excited. And I think it was only when all these um, kind of scandals came out where people started being a little bit doubtful because as somebody who's going to marry royalty, should he be having those scandals? And it doesn't, um, it doesn't, it's not just like one incident. It was a big one where I think, like you mentioned, Komuro's mother had borrowed money from her ex fiance, and um, the ex fiance is just having a hard time and he would like the loan back, and they're just kind of arguing about it. And I think the real issue was even not so much even the actual debt, because yes, that's his mother's debt, not his, but I think he. Initially, he stated that he didn't know anything about it. So he kind of lied about that because it was later revealed that he had a recording of a meeting where they discussed the the debt or like the loan. And so there's no way he would have not known about it. And so every little thing that he did wrong, um, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but the ponytail incident (laughs) where he was caught wearing a ponytail and people just thought he was they were making a big deal of the ponytail saying it was disrespectful. I think that that kind of scrutiny only happened because all these lies kind of kept building up and up. And, you know, he lost a lot of public trust. Um, You know, he's not fit to marry royalty. So I think that's where the big thing is. I think a lot of Western media, when they criticize Japanese citizens for not supporting the union, I think a lot of people have the misconception that people are against the fact that she's marrying a commoner or against the fact that she's leaving the country, going to New York. Um, Nobody, from what I understand, a lot of people, you know, they either don't care about it or they're all for it. You know, she can marry whoever she wants, but the guy that she's going to marry is a little bit sketchy. (laughs) (laughs) So what, can I ask what your opinion on this one has been? Is this something that you followed and have strong opinions? Do you ship them or are you kind of like, girl, we need to have a talk? I did a lot of thinking about this um, topic, especially because my mom was super into it, um, especially when it was going on. Oh, my goodness. I would go home and she would tell me about it. Um, And I would just like to say, though, um, again, I feel really bad for Princess Mako and her PTSD and how she has been attacked in media, of course. I don't think anybody deserves that. And I think she does deserve happiness, of course. I think she may be rushed into... She rushed, they both rushed into the marriage and they both had their own agendas. I feel. I think that mm. she didn't want her responsibilities as a princess. She was, she wanted to be a regular person, and which I'm all for. Like, she doesn't gain anything by being in the royal family. It's not like she can take over. She's, you know, she's a girl. Um, so I'm all for her having freedom. And he, you know, he has his own gains. He gained entry into the university with a scholarship. And yet he failed the bar exam. You know, he gained a lot (laughs) from this marriage. So I think they both went into it. Maybe they love each other. Maybe, you know, maybe they're using each other, whichever. And it's interesting because so much of the narrative that you've shared and that I've read is not, oh, he's terrible and she's terrible. It's, oh, we're really worried about her because we don't think this guy is on the up and up. It's a very protective, concerned narrative about her, which I find really interesting. 
Is is the Japanese royalty generally romanticized in Japan in the media? Honestly, I we don't see them that much. They're not really, especially young people, mm-hmm. they don't really care too much about Japanese royalty. But I think what really drew people in was the whole scandal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no no one would talk about this guy if he was boring. Exactly, exactly. Um, other princesses have gotten married to commoners, and it, it's not a new thing, right? And when those happened, it was celebrated by everyone, or, you know, it was on the TV, but it, it wasn't as big of a deal as this has become. Right, 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 right. Do you remember, was there a lot of curiosity about Princess Mako before she got married? Was she a celebrity royal in the way that a lot of other royals are celebrities and there's a lot of speculation about their lives? Is that the case with her or did did she just kind of do her thing and then all of a sudden she had this attention on her because of this guy? From what I understand, it's not as if she had a bunch of, you know, attention beforehand. I I do believe that she really pushed to go to a regular regular people's school. Um, mm-hmm. which is where she met him. It has been pushed, I think, recently where members of the royal family, they should be allowed to do regular people things like attend regular people's schools. Mm-hmm. It became a whole question whether even that should be allowed after this Komuro Mako scandal happened. People were starting oh to question. My. Yeah, are they, are they even allowed? To, they should, should they even go to regular people's school? And it became like, a, it was a whole debated topic at one point. Oh, wow. Because that's a lot to unpack. My goodness. Yeah. What about the men? Like, do they get any flack for or are their relationships scrutinized? Do you think as closely as the royal women? So with the men, it's actually it's kind of a different story because they are definitely allowed to marry marry commoners. um, And they, they have to marry commoners. I feel like everyone has to marry a commoner. Otherwise, it's just you have to marry outside your own family. Um, But Men, when they marry a foreigner, they remain in the royal family. So essentially what it is, is that commoners marry into the royal family. Whereas with Mako, she married out of the family, you know? Oh. And I think it's very different because when you marry into the royal family as a commoner woman marrying into royal family, all of a sudden you have all these royal duties. It's a big job, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Very big job. Very big job. One of the things that I find so interesting is that while we were prepping this episode, we were looking at it from the Western media perspective, that this was a cute romantic story. And we were surprised mm-hmm. to learn about this perspective of, oh, you know, we're not so fond of this guy. Do you have any opinion why Western media might have been more likely to ship them and to have such a positive slant on it? From what I saw in all the articles that I read in English, mm-hmm. I think maybe people weren't aware of the depth of the scandals everyone always mentions a little Mm. money scandal but i think that maybe they either dismiss or they don't understand how deep of an issue it is especially with the royal family Mm -hmm. and i think they like to focus on you know the nice um it's the next Meghan markle type thing yep that's definitely true because especially because the media in this coverage they want clicks they want attention they want uh they want interest, right. so of course, they're going to compare Mako to, to yes. Megan. Sadly, I think both of them have to deal with, with uh, media-generated PTSD. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I really hope, I really hope they text each other. <laughs> like that there's like a Mako. Do you think they know each other? 
Imagine. I, I hope they have a little WhatsApp with like with with Megan and the Australian princess who married uh, the Danish crown prince and Mako. I think they I hope they all just text each other like, just girl, are you okay? disgraced for princesses? Yeah. Just <laughs> hanging out together. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, did you see this crappy article? Oh, my gosh. You're a queen. It's OK. You're great. Like, I really want to imagine this beautiful, supportive little WhatsApp group for them so that they can look after each other. <laughs> Honestly, that would be amazing. <laughs> I do hope, though, that he does treat her well, you know, that he remains faithful. He better not, you know, he better not put her through any more trauma. Oh, fingers crossed. I mean, I think at this point, Alicia and I would have to have a little, little talk with him. <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll go to New York and we'll talk to them. I don't know if this is relevant, but I remember at one point um, there was during the whole incident with his ponytail and he was getting being scrutinized with his ponytail. There was a a young people on TikTok essentially being him. So they would like put their hairs up in a ponytail, wear his outfit. And then um, the way he was kind of dodging media it was seen as rude and very dismissive so they would be like i am him like and they would basically be mock pretending to be him and that was a thing at one point that's hilarious and i would simply (laughs) die if somebody (laughs) wholesale mocked me on tiktok like that right what is this is why i'm not because i don't even want to know what people would say about me this is why i'm not on tiktok i can't handle that kind of pressure it's too much pressure what's the issue with the ponytail are ponytails seen as like disrespectful or is it just because people didn't like him so they were looking for anything to cancel him with I think it's the latter. Um, see, I think if people okay. liked him, then they would be like, wow, he's handsome in a ponytail. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he's a little bit hip or whatever it is. Um, but I think because he already had all that, you know, bad stuff going on. And then people were like, wow, look how disrespectful that ponytail. Like, you know, how dare he? <laughs> that That makes sense. That makes sense. Otherwise, it would have become, instead of becoming a mocking trend, it would have been like you would see all these guys walking around with ponytails in their hair. I yeah. honestly think so. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so tickled by the idea that he'd have his own ponytail emoji. Yeah, knowing how uh, how much Japanese people love to jump on trends. If he was bopping, you know, everyone would be wearing this with the same ponytail. It would become a whole trend. Like Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Katrina, where can people find you on the internet? I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. My user is Katrina Reka on both. And it would be nice to see people there. <laughs> oh, we will link to you, New Don't Worry. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and talking about this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. What a great discussion that was, Sarah. Do you have any love to go for our listeners today? Anything for them to take with them? Indeed, I do. Mm. It's interesting when you see a couple or a person who generates a lot of narrative, especially when that narrative has so much difference in between where you're getting that narrative from. But the truth is, the only people who know the absolute truth about their love story are the people who are in it. So that's what I think we should remember, that it doesn't actually matter what other people are saying about your relationship or your life. It's your life. You get to run it how you want, and you know your own narrative. And if you'd like to tell us about your narrative, send an email to lovestruckdaily at frolic.media. Please follow us on Instagram or Twitter at lovestruckdaily for extra content. And please, please, please leave a review, subscribe, etc. Spread the word about our show. It's the best way to support us. 
Our researcher is Jesse Epstein. Our editor is Jen Jacobs. We are produced by Abigail Steckler and Little Scorpion Studios and Jillian Davis with executive producer Frolic Media. This is an iHeartRadio podcast. And we wish you and all of your cutlery a very happy ever after today. 